listening to Healthy Mompreneurs Get Wealthy podcast with Kathy Richards, RD. As a registered dietitian with over 20 years of experience, I've helped thousands of people get healthier and ultimately wealthier. And now it's your turn, busy mompreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing with you my self-love journey back to health after years of stress and challenges including living with a spouse with mental illness, suffering a concussion, and living with post-concussion syndrome, illnesses in my family, a death in my family, divorce, and more illnesses in my family, and all this with three kids under the age of nine. If anyone can show you how to thrive and not just survive through challenges and setbacks, it's me. When something happens and I feel stressed or I feel, you know, like things are happening that maybe are out of my control, my first instinct is to go and grab something to eat. And I know I'm not alone in this. I see this with my clients. So on today's episode, episode number 44, in the Intuitive Eating series, I'm going to talk about how to start to cope with your feelings without using food. There's a lot of content in this principle, so this is going to be part one. But when we feel stress or feel uncomfortable emotions, what can we do instead of going to food? So this episode is going to set you up to remind us about all those things that influence this primal hunger and how we can start to have more of a mindful approach. Hello, hello. Welcome back to um, the podcast. It's been a little while. I look back and I think I published my last episode, oh, a few months ago. So that feels really strange. But you know, life gets going. We've been in the summer. So if I've learned anything over the last few years and how I can better support my clients, it's that we shouldn't make ourselves wrong, right? So I'm not making myself wrong. I believe in divine timing. This episode should come out now. I have the emotional bandwidth and it's about emotions. So I have the energy to do this and I want to give you guys the best content that I can. So when I'm not really in that energetic place, that's when I'm going to be a, a bit quieter. So on today's episode, I'm working on principle seven in the intuitive eating series. And remember, if you go to my website, you can see my book recommendations in my shop. It's based on the Intuitive Eating Workbook by Evelyn Tribal and Elise Resch, um, the pioneers in intuitive eating since the 90s. So principle seven is talking about how to cope with your feelings without using food. So if you've been following me for a while, my other hat that I wear is I'm a craving change facilitator and that's an emotional eating group program that's been around, oh, since the mid-2000s, I think. Well, I think 2006, maybe. And it's gone through a couple of updates as well. And that Craving Change program is really um, the brainchild of a dietitian and a psychologist out west in Canada who, who kept seeing people come into their clinic with the same kind of issues and struggles and challenges around eating and the emotions that came with that and the emotions that led to eating. So they developed this Craving Change program. So I've been facilitating that since 2008 or 2009. 
And I've led thousands of people through that program um, to help them really learn how to manage their emotional eating. I always felt like there was a piece missing. And once I actually took the time and the energy to look at intuitive eating, it's been around, I've seen it, right, for years. Um, but once I actually paused and took that time to see how that could fit in with the way that I'm uh, working with my clients and supporting them, the emotional eating piece and this intuitive eating piece, they go together, okay? And if you've been following anything about intuitive eating, emotional eating is not wrong, okay? And you can be an intuitive eater and still emotionally eat and be mindful about that. So I recently had a client call where a client went through a really challenging situation. They're in the grieving process now and they have been working with me for a few months um, and worked with me years ago as well. And they're, they're able to have this self-awareness to say, I am eating for emotional reasons, but they're not making themselves wrong. And they're also recognizing that they're doing it from more of an intuitive place. They know that they just are having trouble. They're heartbroken. You know, they're feeling this loss. And they're using food to numb some of that, but there's a self-awareness there that wasn't there before and knowing that this is a phase and then they'll come back to be more focused on that intuitive eating piece. So it's, it's quite neat when we can get these, these things to work together and that's why I'm so excited to bring you the topic for today, which is again, how to cope with your feelings without using food. Okay, so this is part one. So tune in. Part two will come. It will come soon. It won't be two months until it comes again. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to bring this to you guys. So what's been happening with me? Well, it's summer. Um, yeah, and the kids have been with me um, on vacation a few weeks and then in camps a few weeks. We are working on intuitive eating as a family and trying to, to get self-awareness and help them identify when they're eating because they're upset. Lots of, of ice cream. We went to a fair. So, you know, they bought or they all decided they wanted to have cotton candy as their treat for the day. Um, but then, yeah, the conversation around that was interesting to listen to them talking about how they don't really even like it. It doesn't really taste like much. So they definitely think that they'll pick something that will be more filling next time and something that might actually taste a bit better. So it's funny to watch these things as they go on. Now we're gearing up for back to school next week. So it's going to be a busy weekend, making sure we have everything set um, and yeah, and making sure I get enough sleep is going to be key to help me get through um, the last kind of rush, right, before back to school without having any heightened post-concussion syndrome symptoms. Um, and, you know, I've been having some with the weather. It's been humid. Finally stormed yesterday, so it's brought the temperature and the humidity down. So hopefully I'm able to get through the weekend with no problems. So principle number seven in the intuitive eating workbook talks about finding ways to comfort nurture distract and resolve issues without using food okay so food distracts us right for a short time it will distract us and one of the 
um, tools that I share inside the expansion group program, and it comes from the Craving Change program, is an emotional emotions inventory. So what that is, is it helps us see, like, I eat this food, I feel this way. So we identify before we choose to eat whatever we want to eat. I identify what I feel, and I put a check mark in front of that word. So I've got a sheet with about 100 different emotions. So maybe I feel frustrated. So I would check before that. And then the goal is to come back and check again in five minutes after you've eaten the food, maybe 20 minutes after, and put a check mark behind the emotion that you feel at that time. So it's not usually, you know, going from frustration to a calm and happiness. It's usually from frustration, then it might go to guilt, right? So it helps us identify that I felt this emotion. So I did this eating activity, but gee, afterwards, that didn't really help me feel any better. So it's just to start to help us see what that connection is. And the tools from the Craving Change program, like the emotions inventory, they're not tools that I want clients to use every time they're eating. When I work with clients around emotional eating, it's when it feels problematic, right? Because ultimately, as an intuitive eater, emotional eating is not a problem because we're we're in that self-awareness, right? We know what we're doing. But when it becomes like where it feels like you can't control it, that's when some of the craving change tools will work well in this intuitive eating container as well. So I hope that makes sense. Um, if you have any questions, send me a message and I'm happy to share that emotions inventory with you as well. It's a great tool. So on the basic level, we know that food offers nourishment, pleasure. Sometimes it gives us comfort, which is fine. Um, but we want to take a look at what's, what's causing the emotional eating, right? So, And the a manner in which we're raised can impact our ability to effectively cope with the ups and downs that come with life, right? So if we saw... Um, our mom or our dad or some, you know, caregiver figure, if we saw them using food to cope with their emotions, or if we were given foods to cope with our emotions, you know, if we're crying and they just give us treats, those are learned behaviors. And through the craving change model, there's, you know, a whole section where we talk about how to unlearn these learned behaviors, right? So, Definitely like to have the awareness that some of these things that we may do, we may experience are because that's what we were taught over the years, right? So, and that's where we don't make ourselves wrong. That's what we were taught. That's what they, you know, the person we were watching, that's what they knew um, as the way to kind of cope or numb those feelings. And then they pass it on unintentionally. And I'm not saying anyone's doing anything to harm us, but it's these learned associations that we have and, and there's some process to go through, right? To start to break those habits. Um, so detecting your vulnerability to eating patterns. So it might not be emotions, right? So if you check in with yourself and that's another tool that goes well with um, craving change into this intuitive eating is checking in with yourself to see what type of hunger it is, right? Is it stomach hunger like it's been a few hours since you've eaten so you actually do feel hungry um, you can't see me but of course I'm rubbing my stomach as I explain it it could be heart hunger which is that emotional hunger gives you comfort um, maybe it's a association that you learned over the years 
And then mouth hunger is when we have a craving. So we're craving something, but it might not be food. But mouth hunger would be, you know, I'm walking by the bakery or I go into the lunchroom at work. A great example, yesterday I went into the clinic. There were muffins in the lunchroom. So I made the choice to go there to get a muffin because I knew that that would give me some satisfaction, right? But if I had gone into the lunchroom not knowing that, then that could have been like mouth hunger that came up, right? Like, oh, these are here, hmm, craving, maybe not necessarily planned um, to eat food at that time. So there's lots of different factors. Um, but what you want to do is check in <clears throat> to see, like, is your non-attuned eating behavior actually a consequence of a lack of self-care? So remember with attunement, we're we're in tune with our body and we're able to check in and see, am I hungry? And, you know, where am I on that hunger and fullness scale, et cetera, right? So we can know when it's time to start eating so we can stop eating when we get to that fullness, right? So there's that body attunement that we've worked on way back at the beginning of this series. Um, or is it a lingering diet mentality that you might want to ask yourself, right? Like, that, you know, I can't have this, but this gives me comfort and we can overeat when we're emotional eating if we don't have the awareness or that trust in ourselves that I can have this food anytime, right? So I don't have to just binge on chocolate when I feel sad. I can have chocolate every day and that's, that's fine. That's not wrong. That's part of my self-awareness and my intuitive eating approach. But if self-care is lacking... It's going to be hard to be attuned and accurately hear those hunger and fullness cues, right? So that comes back to evaluating the basics of self-care. And that's where I want to go with this episode is just giving you uh, four basics of self-care that I want you guys to go back to and make sure that your emotional eating is really in response to emotions and it's not from this lack of self-care. And I'm not going to say that all these things about self-care we're going to fix in one day, we're going to be able to focus on every day. But again, it's to have the awareness of how these things impact our hunger, our satiety, our eating behaviors. Everything's linked, right? That's why if someone is working with you and they're just looking at diet and what you're eating and they don't take into account where you work, who you work with, if you like your job, where you live, who you live with, if you're happy in your life, um, if you have stress, if you you know feel like you have enough kind of playtime in your life, like all these things, we have to look at the whole person. And I have to admit, you know, back in my training, we weren't we were taught to look at the whole person like physiologically. So, you know, how all of the organ systems and the endocrine system and lymphatic system, how everything works together and how, you know, the cells create energy and the Krebs cycle and everything. But there wasn't a lot of discussion around these other factors that influence our eating behaviors. I don't think there was enough, to be frank. And that's where my experience over the last 20 years has really shown me, and especially over the pandemic, these self-care things really do show up and they really do influence our body's ability to support us. And remember, our bodies are super smart and they want to keep us safe. And our bodies are doing a great job. So, you know, when you wake up in the morning... 
I would encourage you to say thank you body like thank you for getting me through the night thank you for giving me the energy to get up and do my work today because your body is really amazing it might be different might be different than it used to be and that's all part of this intuitive living approach that I share in my group program expansion we really focus on celebrating the body and recognizing that our bodies are amazing and bodies change over time right Okay, so that little rant's over. So reevaluating the basics of self-care. So number one is sleep, right? So optimal sleep for adults is seven to nine hours. A lack of sleep makes us tired. That gives us low energy. Um, and that can lead to more cravings, us eating those quick things like carbohydrates and things that we need. We need those for energy, but we'll tend to crave those more because they give us a big burst of energy and they help our brain feel happy, right? So sleep is definitely important. So you want to think about getting seven to nine hours of sleep, um, turn off all electronics, you know, early in the evening. So I had a client a few years ago when I ran a craving change program and it was like life changing and it was her sleep that she really focused on and then her energy felt better her whole day went better and her tool that she used was to put her phone on bedtime mode at 9 or 9 30 get off the screen go back to you know reading a book really realized you know she was missing that kind of downtime that she used to use and have reading as a, a hobby um, and it changed everything so, you know, getting off electronics, we know that the blue light and the light from even the light from our houses and outside, right? Like we used to work before electricity on the circadian rhythm more, right? Like got dark out, went to bed. We don't necessarily need to go to that extreme, but to get closer to moving to getting seven to nine hours of sleep. So if you're at six hours of sleep right now, I'm not saying go to bed an hour earlier, but we need to start moving that time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, trying to get you to have more rest. Keep a consistent routine. Bedtime and wake time is important to keep the body in its best rhythm. Exercise, promote sleep, but not too close to sleep because it can, um, you know, increase your adrenaline and make it harder to fall asleep. So, but definitely being more exercised helps us um, have more restful sleep um, keep bedroom cool avoid caffeine you know after morning hours so it can stay in the system up to 10 hours right so everyone has a different kind of caffeine window but that's just something to be aware of decrease alcohol intake is also important for sleep I have a lot of clients that say you know they have uh, some alcohol it helps relax them it does but the research shows that it actually disrupts your sleep and interferes with your body's ability to regulate sleep so having alcohol to relax you is one thing but it also causes some of these early morning wakings in a lot of people so that's where some intuitive eating and some gentle nutrition before bedtime can help with that but also just recognizing that it's a relaxant alcohol but it also stimulates and disrupts that sleep cycle. So I would encourage you to pause this if you haven't already and reevaluate, like, how are you doing on those sleep things? Are you guarding your sleep like it's, like, the most important thing in the world? Because in my humble opinion, 
for most of my clients, number one thing is they need to focus on sleep. Okay. Life balance. So that's the number two self-care thing I want you guys to think about. Do you have the balance between work and life and play and, and different things to give you the option to feel calmness in your body or to feel happiness in your body and not to, to kind of be running through with all these emotions and then go to food as something to kind of push that feeling down, right? So life and work balance is important. Go back and look at the episode on self-care and I'll link that in the show notes and re really reevaluate where you're at with that. Don't make yourself wrong, but have the awareness that that affects your eating behaviors and your ability to cope with all these fluctuations day to day that can affect our emotions, right? Number three for self-care is nourishment. So how often are you fueling your body? And what are you fueling your body with, right? So when we look at gentle nutrition, we want to talk about or think about, you know, having that balance, protein, fat, carbohydrate that I work with a lot of my clients on, getting to a place where you have the right balance that you feel full, you feel satiated, and you feel satisfied, right? Food is meant to be enjoyed. Food is not meant to be a struggle and bland and dry and all those things, right? Food should be enjoyed. Um, but you know, if you're not eating consistently enough, you'll get into that, that cycle where primal hunger comes because you're so hungry, you're past that hunger, right? And then overeating happens because your brain is like, whoa, maybe we're in starvation. Let's put some food back in. So, you know, it's, it's that awareness. And I want you to go back to episode 24 and look at, honoring your hunger because that's going to be an important thing to make sure that you're not kind of starting eating when you're starving and then we tend to eat quick and we can get to that overeating really quickly right the last one from the self-care I want you to review right now is stress okay and if we go back to nourishment for a second in the workbook there is a great um, series of questions on page 156 and they're asking you to kind of reevaluate your nourishment. So do you eat at least three meals and two snacks a day and not go too long between? Um, does each of those have a balance of the protein, carbohydrate, and fat? Have you recently increased your activity? Because remember, if activity is increased, we may actually need to fuel ourselves better to deal with that or more. Um, did you start a new medication that can affect your hunger? So again, it's back to that self-awareness. And have you changed your eating pattern, like started eating lighter meals, having a snack instead of a meal? All those things can lead to overhunger, that semi-starvation phase for the body later on, right? So that's on page 156. So that may be useful as a tool to go back through in the intuitive eating workbook. The last um, number four for self-care I want you guys to think about today is stress, okay? And this has been probably the biggest, after sleep, and because stress affects sleep, it's probably been the biggest topic that I've talked with about with clients in the last year. Everyone's kind of stuck, you know, we're in a global pandemic, we're still in it, it's not over, it's, it feels maybe like it's better, but 
our bodies are stuck in this stress response. So a link that I always share comes from Harvard. It's six um, relaxation techniques because we need to remind our bodies that they're safe. Okay. When our bodies get into stress, then again, the body's like, whoa, what's going on? I don't know. I need all this energy. So I'm going to hang on to it in case I need to fight this lion or tiger. And what also happens is all the energy is stuck in your extremities. So that dampens those hunger and fullness cues. So if you're living in a constant state of stress, you're going to say like, yeah, I don't feel hungry. But that's because your body's not giving you that feedback. Those signals kind of get dampened a bit. So stress, super important. And even if I have lots of clients that say, well, I think I'm managing. I don't feel too bad. But even taking like, you know, some intentional box breaths throughout the day or deep breathing, I often have clients pair it with another activity. So you go to the bathroom for deep box breaths, right? Or you get up from your desk when you sit back down, go through the process of a box breath, right? So it's every chance we get reminding our body and helping it flood it with the hormones that say, whew, we're okay, we're safe. And we don't need to be in this constant state of stress, okay? So take a look at your stress. Uh, I have a blog post on on stress as well, so you can go back to that. But all these things, self-care, if our self-care is not on point, it's going to be hard not to go to emotional eating when things get challenging, right? So remember, we want to think about sleep. You want to think about that life balance, life-work balance. You want to think about how you're currently nourishing yourself and you know you might just start with like trying to remember when's the last time you ate because that's for a lot of people they don't remember because they're so busy right so it may be intentionally setting some reminders to eat throughout the day and then again intentionally doing those stress reduction strategies even when you feel like things are great or even when you feel like I'm I'm managing It's still a reminder to your body that it's safe and it doesn't have to be stuck in this storage mode and trying to hang on to energy and dampening those hunger and fullness cues, right? So self-care, if that's not on point, then eating to deal with emotions is going to feel easier and it's going to potentially be more problematic. All right, so I'm going to end the episode there. It's a bit longer today. I'm going to come back to principle number seven, and we're going to talk more in part two about um, deprivation, emotional reasons, the pros and cons that it might serve for you, and we'll look at identifying different triggers, emotional triggers that can trigger that eating. So come back for part two, and if you have any questions as usual, let me know. And if you know anyone that would like this episode, feel free to share it. Thanks, guys, and have a wonderful day. And that's it for today's episode of Healthy Mompreneurs Get Wealthy podcast with Kathy Richards, RD. If you found this helpful and you have a friend who may also find it useful, feel free to share it with them. And don't forget, every month I'm going to draw one lucky reviewer who leaves a review on my podcast, who screen shares it with me on Instagram in my stories, or in their stories. Um, one lucky reviewer will receive one free um, 
60 minute intensive with me where we'll get down to the nitty gritty and figure out that one thing that's keeping you stuck from achieving your health and wellness goals. All right. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for my latest episode. Thank you.